Hello and welcome to the Footnotes History Podcast with Matthew Heritage, myself, and Michael Mountford. How are you doing? Hello! I'm doing good. I'm alright, thank you very much. That's good to hear. What have you got for us today? Well, so, Heritage, you know, you, you think of Mother Nature, right? What do you picture? Do you picture it being that strong? I picture it being like nice, calm, serene nice. fields. Maybe a little bit of a bit of a forest action going. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I picture it. I, I picture it very similar. Uh, at the same time, I also picture you know, like man-made creations. You know, like fossil fuels. Like we're, we're destroying it. You know, Mother Nature is being pillaged by humanity. Okay, mm, yeah. and you know we have all these creations like you know the Tsar Bomba, like Tsar the Bomba, biggest, yeah. Nu- yeah, the Tsar Bomba, the biggest like nuclear uh, weapon. I think that's like the most powerful like ever created. Yeah. It was so powerful that they were like, right, let's just start making nuclear weapons. Mm. So like, you, you think of all these things, and I feel this shows like human domination. I'm very arrogant. That's a, that's a very arrogant thought, like, you know, the yeah. whole idea that humans just dominate everything, and also like. Um, in some place like in the Netherlands there's a 25 meter mile long wind wall that literally just stops the wind so you know I, I mean surely surely you know th- this just makes me think you know what Mother Nature is it's weak you know the only powerful volcanic eruption that I know was the one in Iceland the Eyjafjökull that one you know yeah. and that, that did nothing <sighs> it did disrupted a couple flights right yeah that's for like a week though yeah that isn't a lot yeah so well guess what I was God damn wrong, and you're wrong as well. Because <laughs> there's the 18th. In, in, so enlighten me then. Oh, okay. You're going to get enlightened big time here. Mm. Because there's the 1883 eruption of Krakatoa. It took place in the Dutch East Indies uh, between the islands of Java and Sumatra on 26. So Krakatoa is the name of a island. Yeah. So like the whole volcano thing. It's now been split up into three. So, okay. but if you just search up Krakatoa on Google Maps, you will find it. Okay. And it was one of the deadliest and most destructive volcanic events ever recorded in history. The official death toll recorded by the Dutch authorities was 36,400. 90% of them were killed by the tsunami straight after. Right, okay. okay. And that's a big deal. That, is, that, that sounds pretty serious. Right. So what we're, what we're going to do, you know, we're going to build this up. You know, we're going to talk about the early phases. We're going to talk about the actual explosion itself. And then the, well, awful effects. I, th- I feel that's just the way to put it dreadful but we'll, we'll talk about like the early phase you know the early phase we'll, we'll go through it pretty quick because there's quite a lot of stuff to cover but uh before the whole eruption you know the seismic activity on the ground i'm no like geographical expert but basically you know tectonic plates that sort of thing right uh-huh. so there were there were many eruptions and like little explosions right they yeah. could already be heard in jakarta 160 kilometers away and those are little ones okay okay so y- y- you already think hold on if i can already hear that how powerful can this get well, by August 25, so uh, on August 25th, mm-hmm. and I'd like to add that the uh, the little eruption started on the 16th of June. Right. So this is quite a bit later. So this is a whole so summer of Exactly, yeah, of yeah. A whole eruptions. summer went by. You know, everyone who was hearing these little eruptions, there's 160 came away, they're like, oh, it's probably just, you know, that that's probably the actual eruption. You know, we're fine. <laughs> no, you're not. So... On August 25th, um, the eruptions intensified. Ships within 20 km of the volcano reported heavy ashfall. It was dreadful, and you know what? Let's just get to the point. On August 27th, four enormous explosions occurred. The largest explosion, which was at 10.02 a.m., was so violent that it was heard in the island of Rodriguez near Mauritius. I hope I pronounced that correctly. That's, Mauritius. That's in the east coast of Africa. Yeah, yeah. And that they is, thought it That was, is a long way away. And you know what they thought it was? 
at that time they thought it was cannon fire. Ah. Uh, so wow. if it's that loud where they think that a ship's attacking them, that, wow. that is really loud. The hollowness of the um, the blast heard um, 160 kilometers from the volcano was calculated to be uh, 180 decibels. So that is you... like, like for those that don't know, 180. That's like, I think I'm. Uh, don't uh, quote me on this, but I think the average rock concert, like a really, really loud rock concert, is like 110. Oh my wow! That and, is, and decibel. That is very and the decibel loud. is logarithmic, so it's not like. So I think it's like each 10 decibels, it does loudness doubles. Oh my! I think that's how it works. Oh so like 20 is Whoa. double loudness of 10, and 30 is double loudness of 20, and 40 is double loudness of 30. I didn't know that. Like to, to help me with this in the show notes, there's this um so a document done by NASA. It's basically just a table of like the loudest sounds. So yeah. That just blows me away because like that it, this the 108 decibels is louder than like I feel like it, I think it was like a rocket firing off. Yeah. Which, which is just that that was really bizarre, but I didn't even know that it was like it doubles. But anyways, that that was that already blew my mind. But this will blow your mind even more. The energy released from the explosion was estimated to be about 200 megatons of TNT. You know the Tsar Bomba I message I uh, mentioned earlier, four times as powerful as that. What? Four times. Four Tsar time. Bombas just going off all at once. Kaboom. Wow. Yeah, I know. And also, like, I, I there's another source which was done by Ohio State University. They they have like a good page on this. I'll stick uh, everything's in the source notes. But the pressure wave apparently generated by this final explosion, um, it was estimated to have reached 310 decibels or something, loud enough to be heard clearly clearly 5,000 kilometers away. It was so powerful that it ruptured the eardrums of sailors 64 kilometers away. If you're 64 came away, your ears are gone. Wow. Just boom. <laughs> and so, like, that, that's just the eruption. That's, I mean, just, the, that's just, like, unthinkably. The, like, the, like, there's no way to conceptualize something that loud. I like, could, you, I try, I try. That's like do in, it. In, in the source notes, is like, there's, um... There's like graphs and stuff trying to show that, but graphs don't really help because they just show numbers like oh yeah. six hundred and it's like oh six hundred big. I don't know, you know, and so it's it struggles. But like you have to add, you have to like point out that this when a volcano erupts, the, the main eruption obviously you know you have lava spewing everywhere. But this was an island and it was hardly it wasn't even inhabited. Okay, so, that's good. W- w- yeah, that is obviously good news, but. <laughs> The, what came worse was the effects where it triggered these massive tsunamis over like 30 meters high where that were tossing up these massive lumps of coral just Whoa. like everywhere so like the, the the consequences were just disastrous so um f- for the volcano it darkened skies up to 442 came away so in the immediate vicinity the dawn did not return for three days if you live there you would not see the sun for three days that's just that's scary man i mean that is scary you probably and, think the world like, has ended back in that time right uh and if you are living in the dutch east indies you're probably lot like the most scientifically literate you probably think the world's about to end like let's I be real the- you probably think that's it it's it's all it's all we're done now the world's ending I, I, I mean, I, even now, even with being scientific literature, I feel like if you were in that situation, even if you did know all about science, you'd probably be like, yeah, the world is actually probably going to end with this. <laughs> now, so, it would be scarier now because then it would be confirmed by NASA. Be like, nope, nope, there's no scientific explanation. The world is actually ending. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's not a nice thought. In general, just NASA sending out an information like, oh, we're all going to die. We're this done now. Thank you. Thank wrap, you it for up, your wrap it up, folks. Wrap it up. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it did not dawn for three days, but um, um, there's a wealth of information about these first-hand accounts of people that survived, and they, sort of rep- they, they were sort of interviewed about the event, so we're, we're going to cover those. So uh, what I'm going to do for the upcoming sort of um, first-hand accounts, I'll, I'll point out that it's not nice. Like, mm. it, if if you don't, if you're squeamish, or if you get like, if if you just get so emotionally overwhelmed, then probably just skip ahead like a minute. But I'll I'll give you a warning beforehand. So the first sort of um, the first um, how do I say, the first sort of account that we're looking at is from this um place called Ketembang. Probably pronounced that wrong, but um. It's in Sumatra, and approximately 1,000 people were killed in Sumatra, and there were no survivors from the 3,000 people located on the island of Sebesi. There are there, there is also I I haven't managed to find a source on this. Like there are rumors apparently, but there were reports of groups of human skeletons, human skeletons, just groups of them, just washing up on the east coast of Africa up to a year after the eruption. That's wow. That's scary. Yeah, and that's really pretty scary. But we're going to. I'm. Go, I'm going to now read out one of the first-hand accounts. Um, it was uh, the wife of Controller Bayerinik from the village of Ketembang, and it's not nice. So this is like a warning. You know, skip ahead maybe a minute just to be safe. So here it goes. Okay. The last thing I saw was the ash being pushed up through the cracks in the floorboards. I turned to my husband and heard him say in despair, Where is the knife? I will cut all our wrists and then we shall be released from our suffering sooner. The knife could not be found. I felt a heavy pressure throwing me to the ground. Then it seemed as if all the air was being sucked away and I could not breathe. I noticed for the first time that my skin was hanging off everywhere, thick and moist from the ash stuck to, this, from the ash stuck to it. Thinking it must be dirty, I wanted to pull bits of skin off. But that was still more painful. I mean, that's just horrific. I mean, that is, yeah. There's no other way to put it. I, I, there, there isn't. It's, it's dreadful, and th- that's just, that's just from the ashes of Kenanbang. There's more coming up. Um, th- these are from the tsunamis. Uh-huh. Uh, so, a hundred and sixty-five coastal villages were destroyed, mm-hmm. and this is from uh, this is another first-hand account here from the town of. Merak and basically Merak was destroyed by a tsunami 46 meters high apparently which I I mean that that blows me away I still I, I it's hard to believe these things but apparently it, it's happen. hard to like visualize a, a yeah. wave that's like 46 meters tall I mean it's hard to visualize a wave that's like 5 meters tall cuz most people never see that kind of stuff in real life but like yeah whoa that's <laughs> I mean, I thought like surfer waves were huge, but this is 46 meters high. Um, this is a, an account of a farmer working in Java. Again, same, same, similar sort of warning. It isn't nice. It's just to put it that way, it's not pretty. Um, skip ahead a minute. Uh, hopefully, though, luckily, uh, the account after this is much more uh, brighter. I would say, That's but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. So. We saw a great black thing a long way off coming towards us. It was very high, and we soon saw that it was water. Trees and houses were washed away. 
We all ran toward it and tried to climb up out of the way of the water. The wave was too quick for most of them and many were drowned almost at my side. They struggled and fought, screaming and crying out all the time. A great struggle took place for a few moments, but one after another, they were washed down and carried far away by the rushing waters. You can see the marks on the hillside where the fight for life took place. Some dragged others down with them. They would not let they would not let go of their hold, nor could those above them release themselves from this death grip. Wow. Yeah. I, I, it kind of what immediately makes me think of is um, like the first-hand accounts of Hiroshima, just a great detail of how like unpicturably horrific something is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's honestly. I, I mean, I can't even find a way to describe it. It's just that, not like for for the early story, you know, you want to say like gruesome, but gruesome doesn't show like the emotional side to it. Mm. Which uh, hopefully, though, I mean, this could be changed by this eyewitness account by the passengers of the ship Ludon. Mm. So um, this is a different first-hand account. But basically, the ship was anchored in this place called Lampong Bay. Uh, this is it from one of the passengers. Um, Suddenly, we saw a gigantic wave advancing for advancing toward the seashore with considerable speed. Immediately, the crew managed to set sail in face of the imminent danger. The ship had just enough time to meet with the wave from the front. The wave continued on its journey toward toward land, and the benumbed the, the benumbed crew watched as the sea, in a single sweeping motion, consumed the town. There, where an instant before had laid the town of Telok Bitong, nothing remained. So I mean, even though it was nice that the crew managed to set sail and immediately save the lives of the passengers of the ship Ludon, even then it doesn't doesn't help because they would turn around and they'd see the town of Tel the, their own town, the town that they just set off from, just nothing remained apart from the sea. That's. I think mean, about it this way: you, you're you're a passenger. Let's say like you're going somewhere else, and I I, I don't know about the ship Ludon, but. Let's assume like it was a decent-sized ship. Maybe they're going pretty far away. Maybe it's a trip, mm-hmm. okay? Because I don't know the distance or where, like whether it's going to like a different country entirely. But let let's imagine that, yeah, they're going to a different country. Uh, so you're saying that like loads of um, passengers on board may have said said goodbye to their families before jumping on the ship and. Just to see that in a in a second, just a massive wave coming in, and then the town being destroyed in an instant. A traveler, um, two weeks after disaster, uh, described his observations where the village of Tiagar Tiarangin. Probably screwed up the pronunciation, but he said um, he says um, thousands of corpses of human beings and also carcasses of animals still await bi- still await burial and make their presence apparent by their indescribable stench. They lie in knots and entangled masses. Well, I have yeah. to say, this is not the, uh, not the cheeriest stuff. This but, is not uh, cheery, but... But it is important. It is it important. Is, yeah, and you know, it, it just shows how a lot of the kind of um, really effectual things in history, things that are really important, often get left by the wayside because they're not as, like... Um, because they don't focus so much on uh, human creation. So, like, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, far, far more, like, historically known than the eruption of Krakatoa because mm. 
there's a moralistic aspect to it that resonates more. Where like, how could someone do something? Was it justified? You know, that For, kind of thing. Along with that, also with Hiroshima, those they were. It, when you look at those attacks, you or like any sort of invasion, like a rape of Nanjing, for example, you you you're unable to in that situation to be like, how can we avoid this? Mm. With something like this done by like Mother Nature, I feel it's harder to just like say like or like even point the blame on someone because there's there's nothing you, you can do. You just kind of have to come to terms with the the power of and how what nature can do and how powerless you are to stop it. Um, yeah. Hopefully, though, we could probably try and make this a bit more cheery by focusing on, well, what what was created in terms of optical effects all across the globe. So, on the plus side, I guess it um um it produced spectacular sunsets. So, uh, sources vary on this. I I found one source dating that was just for many months, like probably a year, while Oregon State University and their source say that it continued for three years and. If you in the source notes there are the there is um uh paintings from British artist William Ashcroft who made thousands of color sketches of the red sunsets halfway around the world from Krakatoa. Wow. And furthermore, in two thousand four there was even a theory proposed which suggested that the Norwegian artist uh Edvard Munch, the painting of the scream. Yeah. I think it's a classic, you know, with that weird sort of ghostly, ghastly face and the, the in the background it's very orange. And um, that was actually a, a depiction of the sunset created by Krakatoa. Wow. So that's, so, <laughs> that's just strange. But as well as that, uh, suns, like a few days after, they'd sometimes appear, appear like blue or green. And that was because of like all the chemicals in the air. I, I don't uh. know chemistry, so I, don't, I can't explain it. But if you read, I'll point out which source to look at. So you can check there. Um, Krakatoa was like hugely important because it was declared the first sort of modern disaster and one of the first global media events because it produced a wealth of first-hand survivor accounts the, the news swept instantaneously um for the first time operators were able to communicate stories to their to each other from all across the globe using morse code uh yeah. nick petford from kingston university explains this is the first time a volcano had exploded and it was known about instantly and this was due mm. to the underwater telegraph cable that right. they had the eruption of Krakatoa was also affected by new technology because it generated the fir- very first uh, modern scientific study of the volcanic eruption. Um, uh, a Dutch scientist, Roger Verbeek, got there very quickly and recorded everything, and his report was an astoundingly inspired piece of work, according to Petford again. Um, Verbeek was also quickly then followed by a team of geologists from London's Royal Society, which published the report, which is also available in sources. It's uh, It's... It was stuck in the archives, so yeah, and I feel this serves as like sort of I, well, I guess a reminder of I guess Mother Nature's I wouldn't say power, but maybe it is power. Maybe power is the right word to use. Mm. It's it's tricky though to think uh, that Mother Nature is that powerful, mm. considering um, what we have done, such as like the Tsar Bomba. Yeah. And that kind of links to a, a more general thing, bringing it away from specifically the eruption of Krakatoa. That humans in history have a tendency to be obsessed with um, things that are clearly caused by human agency. But history is not the history of just humans deciding to do things. It's also it's just the history of human experience. That experience can be related to things caused 
um, by nature as well. So. Yeah. Well, anyways, just uh, thank you for listening, and hopefully the next episode will be much more uh, brighter, I guess. Much more happier. Thank you. Goodbye.